Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, then all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for December 13th, 2020. Koyo Kobose here, so very, very glad you joined us. Middle of December, whoa. You know, since I'm a gardener, wintertime is put the garden to sleep, so to speak, and uh, the ground gets a chance to rejuvenate. And I try to help in that process. Um, there is a place where I get uh, rabbit manure. Uh, and uh, a fellow, uh, he has, uh, he's a professional, uh, raises rabbits for show. I guess there's a certain subculture out there that, you know, uh, show rabbits, and they have shows all across the country, and and maybe they have categories. I don't know anything about it, um, how it's organized or what it's what it's really about. But I'm sure there are different characteristics, ears or color, or things like that. But he must have about oh at least fifty rabbits, and and specially made uh, sheds. And and cages, and then the rabbits, you know, they 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 do their business, and it just goes right through the the wire floor, and and accumulates on the on the ground underneath the the cages, and and uh, <clears throat> so I go and I get a shovel and plastic bag trash, big old uh, black plastic trash bags and fill up, shovel in the, the rabbit manure. And fresh rabbit manure, it doesn't stink. It's very clean, you know. Uh, it's not, it's just dry pebbles, okay. Uh, later on, it'll go to decomposition and turn into compost. A fertilizer, rather, and rabbit manure is supposed to be one of the best. 
fertilizers of all the different types of manure, uh, horse, steer, uh, chicken, you know, rabbit manure is supposed to be uh, quite rich. So <laughs> uh, that's interesting Dharma teaching, I think, where you could take a waste, a yucky waste product, and there's some, and there's a way in which it turns into something that's very beneficial. Okay, it returns to the earth, grows crops. You know, that's a complete cycle, and and we should be able to uh, utilize this in spiritual growth okay, and life events. Uh, and in the same way, uh, at this time of the year, I go go to Gallo Winery. They have a big plant in Fresno, manufacturing plant. It's huge operation. And uh, again, I don't know <laughs> the industry, but uh, just on the surface of it, you see they they have a, they take in a lot of plant material, right? Grapes. And what do they got to do with the grape skins? What do they got to do with the the excess? landscape stuff, you know, products. So Gallo, uh, they compost all this plant waste and then they sell it, you know, because they have a, you know, a lot of waste product instead of, you know, that's a big problem. What do you do with waste products? I mean, in the construction industry, uh, what what do you do? You don't, you know, uh, and the same in the landscape business. So all these uh, uh, professional landscape gardeners, they get all they, they have all this uh, uh, landscape waste. What are they going to do with it? I mean, you can't. It's not legal to go dump it on public grounds or any place. So they go to well, Gallo fills that need. They bring their trailers all piled up with landscape waste, then they pay a small fee and they dump it. You know, there's a large plot of land and they dump it and then Gallo takes that and their own plant waste from their production and they cut up, they they have (laughs) quite a few products from that. Different types of compost, different types of wood chips, you know, different sizes and whatnot. Uh, the the landscape people that are on the other side of growing, taking you know not the waste product cleaning up, but planting and growing these, they come and they they need wood chips for uh, mulch, they need compost to enrich the soil, so they pay a little bit of fee to Gallo and I drive my pickup truck there and they have a little bobcat machinery and. Put in a load. I said, well, give me a yard. You know, a, a yard is a cubic measurement uh, of volume, and uh, uh, a cubic yard is, that's quite a bit of material. You wouldn't think, you wouldn't think so, but everybody is surprised when they see a big pile of stuff and say, well, that's one yard okay, of soil or whatever. Uh, it's, more, it's, it's a heaping pickup truck bed full, okay? Uh, so I'll go and get my 
pickup truck and get a load of compost, drive it back, drive it home, and put in, shovel it into wheelbarrows and put it into my raised bed containers, beds, and uh, it's good stuff. You feel like, ah, you're really enriching the soil, eh? and you can get you get all the microbes, you get all the the worms. Uh, I saw a show on the uh, internet about soil. This soil, soil on the earth is one of the most precious resources, and they t- show you all the things that are in there, you know, and what the earthworms can do, okay, and uh, uh, without good soil, we won't have any trees, forests. And if you don't have any forests, well, we won't be alive, that's for sure. Carbon oxygen cycle and all that, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I do during the winter season, okay, is to restore and amend uh, the, the garden soil. Get that, keep that cycle going. And I have my own kitchen scrap uh, compost bin from our kitchen and use that too. Okay. And there's a whole procedure there. I had to read up and talk to people about, you know, you need to turn the pile once in a while to get the air in there. You have to have some moisture in there, but not sopping wet, you know, it's for the microbes and and everything to to multiply and so forth. Okay. Well, I want to talk, introduce rather, Julie Cayo, member of LM12 group. She lives in Colorado, and she's going to be giving our Dharma Glimpse today. Okay, Julie Cayo, please. Julie Hiramatsu. During the last years of my father's life, we would often sit and talk about things from his past. One hobby that he especially enjoyed throughout his life was fishing. And so one day I asked him about going fishing when he was a boy. He said that he and his brother, my late Uncle Jack, would often go to the nearby creek to cast their lines. I never met Uncle Jack as he died during World War II. But my father had told me stories of how smart he was and how he was such a serious student. So I was pleased to hear about this more fun-loving side of him. Knowing how competitive my father and Uncle Jack were, I then asked, So who caught the most fish, you or Uncle Jack? My father laughed and said, Oh, we hardly ever caught any fish. You didn't, I asked incredulously. No. We were never very good at it, he admitted. But you used to go fishing all the time with Ronnie, I said. I remember, because I had to catch all the worms. Ronnie was my late older brother, who had died several years earlier. No, we didn't catch many fish either, my dad chuckled. Then he added, with more than a note of affection in his voice, but it wasn't about the fish. My father has been gone for over 14 years, 
And in that period, I've often thought about that conversation, wondering how many times I've looked at an experience one way when it was really something else, that it wasn't about the fish at all. A few years after my father's death, my mother asked me to take her to Japan again for the second time in as many years. I was nervous because she was suffering from stage 4 cancer, which was starting to spread again, and I wasn't sure how she would be able to handle such a long and strenuous trip. But she was determined to go, and with the doctor's blessing, we began to make preparations. We created an itinerary that included visiting relatives and all of our favorite sightseeing destinations. And then I got to work making sure that our travel and accommodations would be as easy and pleasant as possible. I was especially proud of the fact that our hotel rooms all took in a beautiful view of an ancient castle or tranquil park, so that when we came back to the room to rest, we could still bask in the beauty of Japan. As it turned out, my most treasured memories of that trip were when we would come back to the room after sightseeing and souvenir shopping, display our treasures on the coffee table, dive into the delicious Japanese snacks we had also bought, kick off our shoes, and just share stories and laugh like schoolgirls. At those times, cancer was only a distant afterthought. Just before we were to return home, I asked Mom if she had had a good time and accomplished what she had wanted, given her health, We both knew that this would be her last trip to Japan. Yes, it was a good trip, one I won't ever forget, she said. And then, looking me in the eyes with a keen intensity, but more importantly, did you enjoy yourself? Definitely, I replied. Good, she said, because I didn't come here for me. I came here to give you a memory that would last you for the rest of your life. I realized then how one-sided and egotistical I had been in viewing that trip as a great gift I was doing for my mother. In reality, she was the one who was giving me the great gift. Since then, I have also come to realize that the important thing wasn't hitting all the sights or having a castle outside our window, just like it wasn't about the catching of fish for my father. The important thing was also the most basic thing to life itself, the connection we share with others. If we only focus on the external details, then we risk overlooking the real value of that connection. Now, whether I'm having coffee with a close friend or an impromptu chat on the street with a neighbor or even sharing a morning greeting with the birds and trees in my garden, I realize how every interaction is an opportunity for me to share my Buddha nature with the Buddha nature of others without the need for special events or circumstances. That is the grand view that is always there for me to see, the beauty of life just as it is in which I can always bask. And whenever I fail to see that, when I let external details get in the way, I just remind myself, It's not about the fish. Wow. Pretty uh, deep. 
and beautiful Dharma glimpse. And you know, when you have a title, uh, uh, it's it's handy. You know? It's not about you know a, a saying or the, the quote that encapsulates and represents and you know, sort of symbolizes or encapsulates the whole meaning of the of the story. Not about the fish. Um, turning word. This is what uh, in Japanese, kuruma uh, kotoba. I learned about this when I was in Japan, and I heard a, a talk given by a, one of the Buddhist ministers of, in Japan, and he talked about kuruma kotoba. Kuruma uh, in modern Japanese means an automobile, uh, but it also can mean a wheel, and it also means turn, to turn. A wheel will, the main thing about a wheel is, is that it turns. So they use that aspect, and they pair it up with kotoba, which means word. So when you, when some things, when they're combined with other things, they, they take on a certain, you know, connotation. So kuruma kotoba uh, means turning word, okay? Not automobile vehicle word, no, no. Turning word. And it's not about physical turning. It's about some kind of a teaching that turns your life around. Now, isn't that neat? Uh, if we're fortunate in our lifetime to find one's own turning word, whether it comes from one's own experiences or whether it comes from somebody else's sharing or something that impacted them and somehow you identified with it and you internalize it and, and the personal impact was very high and you could say that was kuruma kotoba for me. This was, you know, a turning word. And sometimes you might not realize it until some decades go by, perhaps, where it gets some more depth and it just it just hangs around. It gets its own, what I call, gets its own legs and takes off. And you get surprised by the associations and, and so forth that, that it arouses or bubbles up from inside of you with your own particular karmic experiences. Huh? And I could see where not about the fish, you know, could be turning words. Uh, and I think they are for Julie uh, Kaio Hiramatsu. Um, and uh, I think it should inspire us all okay, to say, hey, you know, um, to be... I don't know how to say it, be on the lookout or be, have a mental set or have a, uh, the kind of uh, eye in which you could be sensitive. It's sort of like if you're a, if you're a professional gemologist and you go out rock hunting, you know, you have the know-how and experience to see rocks in different ways than a common person. Huh? You have, you know, you have a mental set. You have a predisposition. You have a, a knack for saying, whoa, look at this. Look at this. Look at that. Hey, if you polish this up or if you crack this open, 
or hey, if this is here, that might mean that some other rock is typically found together with these kind of rocks. And so in the same way that, gar that Dharma teachings, huh? sure, they're all around us, but you have to have the, the other half of it, you know, uh, the inner half that says, hey, so that's why I like to sometimes talk about discover slash create a teaching. It, it, it takes both. You discover it means that it's out there. You got to keep your eye, you know, you got to look around. Okay. Uh, you have to discover it. But the other half of the whole process is you have to create it. That's more on you. Okay. On the individual. Okay? He has to put his input into it. So the outside and the inside, the external, the internal, uh, you got to have the eye to see things that are out there and also to be able to, I don't know, what would you say? Give it a little nudge, give it a little, you know, uh, to reveal its impact and significance. Whoa, that's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, and you have a beautiful day.